Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. In the spring of 2023, Four Things for Your Podcast was rebranded to the new title Podfluencer Society. As such, some information and links may have changed since recording this episode. Check the show notes for updates, and if you still can't find what you're looking for, just email podfluencersociety at gmail.com. Learn more and follow online at podfluencersociety.com. A podcast can have millions of listeners, you can have no clue. Really, the only way to gauge it is maybe social following, and not all of them even have that. Like, there's some right. million person listenership podcasts that have no social media. Mm-hmm. But you're going to go to Apple and see, okay, how many ratings and reviews they have. Welcome to Four Things for Your Podcast, a place where our collective mission is to amplify our messages through podcasting. I'm your host, Angie Griffith, and after a decade in the music business, I've come to realize that the unique mindset and strategies that these globally recognized entertainers are using to achieve their wildest dreams can and should be implemented by entrepreneurs and content creators just like you. So let's think bigger and outside of the box because it's about time your voice goes viral. Look at us, we meet again. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Four Things for Your Podcast. Today, we're talking to my friend Alex Sanfilippo. Now, if you're not familiar with Alex, he is the host of the top-rated podcast called Podcasting Made Simple, where he essentially focuses on helping podcast hosts just like you and podcast guests improve their craft to make a bigger impact on the world. It's a really amazing podcast. I highly recommend you go check it out. He's also the founder of Pod Pros, which is a software company focused specifically on the podcasting industry, under which he's founded Pod Match, which is basically the Bumble or the Hinge or the Tinder of podcasting, matching podcast guests with podcast hosts. Um, he also founded Podcast SOP, which is a workflow management software for podcast teams, and Pod Lottery, which is a fun way to get podcast ratings and reviews. And that is what we're here to talk about more today. Ratings and reviews for your podcast, although they're technically not really going to do anything for the algorithm in Apple Podcasts, they're so incredibly important for all the reasons we're going to talk to Alex about today. 
Now, I know for a fact that if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that every single Friday, come hell or high water, you have an opportunity to go exchange ratings and reviews with other podcasters in my totally free Facebook group called Innovative Rising Podcasters. Now, it is astounding to me that every single person listening to this podcast every week is not taking advantage of participating on this chain every single week. And that lack of engagement, it just shows me that I need to continue being a leader for you and really bringing the best of the best on to educate you about why this matters so much to me, but it matters so much for you and your brand and your podcast. I was so excited when a good friend of mine from Apple who knows about my passion for helping you to get ratings and reviews reached out and told me about this new tool called Pod Lottery that Alex has created to help you get more Apple podcast ratings and reviews. And so, of course, I thought it would benefit you if we just jump on with Alex together and learn all about it. So let's dive into this conversation, shall we? Alex, welcome to Four Things for Your Podcast. It is long overdue. I'm so happy to have you here. Angie, thank you so, so much for having me. First off, that's the best introduction I've ever gotten, probably. I'm literally <laughs> going to reword some of my bio to match what you said. So I'm like, I need a copy of that before this comes out. Uh, but it's funny, I'm not the only person to say that. I was listening to your podcast earlier today. And you did an episode with Chris Kermitsos, and he literally was like, wow, that introduction. Um, and by the way, last thing I'm going to say here, that was a really great episode. If you, if anyone's listening to this but hasn't heard that, go back to episode 72, Chris Kermitsos sharing just like his humble beginnings and how he's become like a podcasting conference legend. And he just did a good job bringing out some great stories because I know Chris personally, but I haven't heard some of what you had him share. So Angie, that's a long response, but thank <laughs> you so, so much for having me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I put a lot of work into these intros. I got to be honest. Tell. And like a lot of people, um, you know, you actually had a bio, which is super helpful. You have an amazing pod match profile that you sent to me, which I just love. And, you know, a lot of people do that come on the podcast, but a lot of people, when I ask them for their bio, they're like, my what? Huh? What? Like, they're <laughs> right. like my life story. Like, what do you want? I'm like, no, just like, don't you have a boilerplate, like one paragraph bio, like top line highlights of your career? How do you want to be introduced? Like, <laughs> you know, and so I find myself writing bios for people and like, I'm sure they're using them going forward because they didn't have anything before. <laughs> You're good at it. You should totally monetize that. Be like, listen, you don't have a bio. You could be in my show, but you got to buy this from me, right? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Oh, Alex. Well, I am so happy to have you here. And I want to get straight into the meat of this topic today. Um, you personally have done just so much in the podcasting space. I'm seriously in awe of like all these different endeavors that you have as an entrepreneur. It's very inspiring for me. And I obviously, if you're open to it, I want to have you back to talk about a bunch of other topics that I know you're so well-versed in, right? That we're just not going to have time to cover today. But before we really jump in... I heard you drop some stats on Scott Miller's podcast called On Leadership about the podcast industry just in general that I know is going to re-inspire my friend listening because even though it seems like every time you look up, there's a new podcast, the stats that you shared really just reinforce the reality that there's still so much room at the table in podcasting. That's what I was thinking when I was listening to that episode and listening to you hear those shit stats. I was like, I know there's so much room, but 
hearing it again, like the data just like really like drove it home for me. So would you mind sharing those stats that you shared on that podcast here? Yeah, Angie, of course, definitely. First of all, I got a side note, like the fact that you went and listened to episodes that I've been on before interviewing me. One, I knew you did because you said my last name, right? And that's like my first <laughs> indication of someone actually listened to me talk before. Um, but that says so much about you as a host. So like a pro tip, pro hack for people that are listening who don't already do that, listen to your guests on other podcasts before you bring them on. And if they have a podcast their own, listen to their podcast because the interview will just go so much better. Like, Angie, you're asking about what I know about versus like something else where I'm like, um, I'll make it up, right? Like, you know, because you've heard me. So uh, jumping through those stats to keep it, keep it pretty quick here. We, we've all heard like podcasting, creative, like just being a creative in general is like, it's saturated, right? Everyone tries to do it. What people don't realize is how few people actually make it in the space. And podcasting specifically, it's like, it's crazy. So I'll just share the stats. And I, I kind of have like more, a little bit more updated numbers. Right now, there's about 2.6 million podcasts on Apple. And to me, Spotify is great and all, and all, but like let's, Apple invented the word podcast. Like that is their podcast without Apple. So like the standard I'm going by is 2.6 million podcasts on Apple. Now, immediately people are like, wow, that's a lot, right? Like that's the first thought. I was like, wow, that is a lot. But here's the thing. That is podcasts of all time. I mean, these are shows that were started back in the beginning, which Angie, is 2004, right? Is that when podcasts started, I think? I don't know. You're, you're the stats guy. That's why I had right, you I on. Think, <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm pretty sure okay. podcasting started in 2004 is when it started. Anyway, so from podcasts that started from that beginning of time till now that haven't been removed, like that's all of them. And and here's the thing, like when you look at how many of them are active, and, and to me, active is posting an episode in the last 45 days. Now, I get that some of them are cyclical, some of them are like seasonal, right? Like they don't always do week to week and things like that. But posting the last 45 days right now, there's under 400,000 shows that are active, that are producing an episode in the last 45 days. And that to me, that that's all that are active. Now, again, some, some seasonal shows, they'll come back in. But you think about it, like 2.6 million versus 400,000, like that's a big difference. And on top of that, to dive down a little bit more into this, because Angie, I've been like really interested in these stats. Out of those 400,000, 85% of those people stop within the next 12 months, which again, very interesting. Now, more shows take their place. So I'm not saying that 85% of those 400,000 be gone. Like more shows will jump in, shows will be get created and stuff like that. But at any given time, there's not more than 400,000 shows active. And that's that data has been the same. It's actually shrunk a little bit on total active shows in the last 22 months. So it's crazy. If you think about it, there's only... If you if I do quick math here, about 59,000 shows that year over year stay active. And what we have found, and I've like dove into, is those are the shows that do really well. And people are like, how do I build a great podcast? Be one of the 59,000 shows that doesn't give up, that doesn't stop, that keeps on going. And again, some interesting stats here, but I think it's important to note also that listenership of podcasts continues to climb. So it's Edison Research is always doing stats and stuff, and they're very reputable and incredible with their stats. And they're showing that we're going to break 100 million people in the US alone listening to podcasts by 2024. That's a lot. And if they're mostly listening to the 59,000 shows, just do the math. Divide that evenly. I'm not a math person, but if you divide that up, you might have a chance to build a really big audience and following if you just outlast the people that are not going to keep with it. So I said a lot there. I know some people's eyes roll over when we talk about that, but podcasting has a ripe opportunity right now, I believe. Yes. When I hear you talk about it, I get so excited. Like I literally have chills right now because podcasting is, it feels like this bubble that's like about to burst for all of the creators right. that have been working so hard because how I look at it is like when cereal blew up, what was that like 2017 or something? I don't even know. 
But when Serial blew up, whatever podcasts happened to be out around that time really got to take advantage of that because Serial brought like so many listeners into the podcast app. And that's when like all of these big entrepreneurial podcasts also blew up. And I feel like we're on the edge of the next bubble where it's like, just like you said, like more and more people are starting to discover the app and discover that, oh, they actually do like podcasts, even though they've been avoiding them for so long, you know, since Serial, they're like the people that didn't catch on right away. And I feel like you're so right. The cream rises to the top. We say that all the time. And it's just in podcasting, it's a matter of staying consistent, but not staying consistent just to stay consistent, like staying consistent with quality after quality episode. Like you can't expect to just because you stay in it long enough that it's going to blow up. No, I really do believe that like you really have to be putting in the work now when you're not seeing any results so that your podcast does have a chance to take advantage of all that listenership. I'm I'm with you on that. The quality of it's so important, and quality is is different for each show, which may be a good talking point for us here. But the quality is dependent on the listener. Like, what is the quality they're looking for? Because here's the thing: if I had like a highly produced show and it had like, I'm I'm talking like a wandery style show that has like all fancy sound effects and stuff like that, but my listenership isn't interested in that. Like, is it really a quality show? Because it's not what they're looking for, right? So quality is a bit. That can be like it can differ depending on the show and the niche and ultimately the listener. So I'm with you on that, but it's got to always be improving, getting better. Yeah, I agree so much. I think um, for a lot of shows, it really is about like audience connection. I'm talking about Mm -hmm. like independent creators who are building from the ground up. I really think it's about more so than sound quality or more so than your cover art or whatever. It's literally like, do are you talking about something that's interesting to someone? Like, are you a person mm. of interest? And right. I feel like that is what will resonate. Like, it, it, so many people get hung up on like, I don't know what microphone to buy or like, I don't have a laptop. And like, while all of that stuff does matter to some extent, like, obviously you want it to be listenable, but get started with what you have. Like I'm such a firm believer in that and then see what resonates and just keep doing more of that. And eventually you can upgrade your equipment and everything. But, but anyways, before we talk about like what we're here to talk about, which is why ratings and reviews are so important kind of on this subject, let's talk about first, like how can we make sure that we as creators are creating content that's worthy of five-star ratings, like create five-star content. Like, is there any tips that you've learned throughout your time in podcasting for how you can like kind of gauge your listeners and like what actually is resonating with them. Yeah, Angie, this this is like my my favorite. If I have a favorite topic, you just found it. So I'm nice. excited to, to go into this. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's kind of kind of what you just hinted at there, like talking to the listener, right? And I've got a bunch of like little hacks I could share and stuff like that. But I'm just gonna share, I'm gonna go straight for the big one if that's okay. Like, yes, th- please. There's one thing that has always stood out to me and helped me the most. And it's talking to your listener. And I literally mean talking to the person who's listening to your podcast. I don't mean saying thanks for the comment on social media or liking their message that they send you. I mean, when somebody reaches out through social media, through email, a friend of a friend, however it is, say, hey, I love that you listen to this episode. Can I have five to 10 minutes of your time? Can we jump on a video conference call real quick? And I get it. Some of us podcasters like to try to hide behind this wall that we live in, right? Like, but ultimately, if you can get that time with somebody, you can learn, I mean, just so much because you don't actually know who's listening. Like, we can guess, but when you start talking to people, you might be like, huh, I don't think I'm getting it quite right. And, and here's an example of that. So, when I started implementing this, I got on calls with people literally 10 minutes, sometimes less. 
first off, people for the most part were like, wow, you're the host of my favorite podcast. We get the opportunity to talk like this is so cool, right? And I would even share screenshots of having a conversation. Like we do something hilarious or funny and then I'd share that on social media. So we can see the fact that I'm actually talking to the listener. But I'd ask them very pointed questions. What kind of questions would you ask? So uh, thank you for asking that. <laughs> the first question I'd ask, and I had, I had four main questions. The first one was, how did you find this show? Okay. I want to know like, wh- where did they come from? And so like question number one is like, how did you find this? Because all of us assume, oh, they found me through social media. They might be like, oh, there's this group that I'm in. And every week they talk about your show. Well, now I'm like, okay, well, what is that group? Can I talk to that group leader, right? Like you might learn these things. And I learned some of that. So the first thing is, where'd you find out the show? What's your favorite part about it? So like, what do you like the most? Like, what is just your favorite part about it? And to my surprise, sometimes it wasn't what I thought it was. It it was for, for me, like I just learned it was like the fact that I end with a question of like, what's your final thought? And some people like that the best. Maybe they like my show to end. I don't know. But you know, like there was something I was like, okay, they really like that. I need to make sure I ask that every time. The third thing is, and you have to position these questions right. The third thing that I would ask is, is there anything we can do to make this show better for future listeners? Mm. Is there anything we can do to make this show better for future listeners? I didn't say what's your least favorite part of it. Because then if they already like me, they're not going to be honest. They're going to say, oh, I love the whole thing. But if you say, how can we make it better for future listeners? I gave them permission to not break my heart and give me some honest feedback. Mm -hmm. And what I learned, this is one of the biggest things I learned from my show. When I started it, my episodes were between 45 and 50 minutes. It was an entrepreneurship show. And everyone said it was, it's a little long. And I think more people would listen if it was shorter. And at first I was like offended. I'm like, what the heck? It's great content. You know, but like (laughs) when I went into my uh, Apple Connect dashboard, I realized only 70% of people were finishing, or sorry, 70% was the average completion rate of an episode. So I was like, hmm, might be merit here. I knocked my episodes down to 30 to 35 minutes and went over 99% was my average of, of completion. They were absolutely right. But if I didn't talk to the listener, I would have never validated that. And the last question is that I love to ask is, hey, what are you struggling with right now? Is there anything going on that I might be able to be helpful with? And what I did is I just kept a spreadsheet of this. And as a matter of fact, that's what led me to jump full into on podcasting, actually build podcasting software because so many of them said the same thing. They were also in podcasting and they wanted to be on more shows or they wanted to have more guests. And I learned that because I asked these things. I think that doing this is the best way to make sure that your show is worthy of getting a quality review from the people that you are serving. I, wow, that's (laughs) such a good tip that I've never actually heard for podcasters. Like what you just described is market research for like a product or service. <laughs> and we are providing a service or a product or a product at least. It's a free product yeah. for people. And they have the option to listen or not. And I feel like it is really important for us to be doing that market research. And as a matter of fact, I'm just like thinking to myself, is that a business I need to start is offering this service to podcasters where you go out and do this market research for them? Because it can be awkward as the podcaster, like having these conversations, but I would pay somebody, I would pay you, Alex, to go talk to my audience and give me these responses. (laughs) I'm like, this is a business idea for somebody listening. It's a hole that needs to be filled in the market. I will pay for it. But Angie, you are going to start professionally making bios for people and I'm going to (laughs) start getting research done on your podcast for you. I like this. We've got good ideas on this podcast. We really do. Yeah, we really do. So yeah, that is like the such an amazing tip. Wow. I know the person listening got so much value already from this episode from that because I for sure did. So, okay. Do you have any more to share on that? topic? I mean, you just dropped like the best thing ever. So I don't know if you do, but 
final thought on that segment, right? And then we'll, we'll okay. kind of move on here. But the, the final idea with that is this is doing things that don't scale. Like there's no way you will always be able to talk to all your listeners. Now, when you start, maybe you can, maybe there's five people listening, you can talk to them. But doing things that don't scale and remembering the fact that, hey, I'm a host that wants to connect with my guests, continuously doing this thing that doesn't scale whenever you can, even if it's only five a month is so important to do because it keeps you human and keeps you connected. Uh, being a software guy, one of the biggest things we see that causes softwares to fail is the founders lose touch with the person who's using their service. Mm. And a podcast is the same way. If you lose touch with your audience, you might be creating the wrong show for them. It might not be a great show anymore. It might start to, to trend a different direction. Or as they're growing and evolving and changing, you might not follow suit with that. And they will go find another show because they're believe it or not, there are other options. Not as many as you would think, right? Probably only 59,000, but there are other options. So you want to make sure that you do things that don't scale. Put this in your calendar. I think it's so important that we actually, each of us as podcast hosts do this. Oh my gosh, me too. And the point you just made is so true about how you lose interest if the if the host doesn't continue to grow and evolve with the audience. Like, And, and to some extent, maybe they don't want to. Maybe they always want to serve the person that's in that one stage of life or business. And that's fine too. But like, I've noticed personally, some of my favorite podcasts, like I would binge these podcasts like two years ago. And now I can't go and listen because I feel like they're still talking about the exact same thing they've always been talking about, but like not in an engaging way anymore. It's like they've almost like lost interest in it and they're like repeating episodes and um, they're talk. They have whole episodes just promoting their product that they just launched. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, please. Now that their podcast has like blown up, it's like they're, they're moving on to something else. And the podcast is like an afterthought, which mm. actually is fine because that just shows me again, there's more room for people that are actually like really invested in their podcast and invested in sharing like quality up-to-date like content. So, I mean, it sucks because I have to go find new shows to listen to, but it also that another thing too, it's like, I can't even find other shows that I like as much as I once liked those, which again shows there's so much room to be creating quality shows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, there really is, you know, and I think that the searchability of podcasts will just get better and better. So we will find those shows. And as the, the search algorithms get better in Apple specifically, right, or Spotify is another popular one or Amazon, Google, right? Like as they get smarter on how to help you find the content you're looking for, at some point, your show talking to the new the new podcast or the podcaster that just maybe hasn't been as intentional as they want to be, your show might be the next one to get discovered and really blow up. I know. And you think about like YouTube, everyone wants to be on YouTube because it's basically like a search engine. It's like Google. Right. And I feel like podcast is on its way there. And so yes. if you already have a podcast with 100 episodes, when SEO actually really starts to take off in podcasts, you're going to be like set. I'm so excited. Can't for that. wait. <laughs> <laughs> We're positioned well. <laughs> I know. Well, from your perspective, why why is it that you feel that like ratings and reviews for your podcast matter so much? Yeah, I've got two things I'll share here. But before that, you said it in the intro. I'm glad you said it. This does not change your ranking in Apple Podcast. And it's weird. I see people like argue about this all the time. Yeah. Literally, Apple on their website says it, like they, they spell it out, this does not change your ranking. Yeah. And the, the fact that they openly say it, I don't know why people are even debating it. it. It doesn't. I think they just don't know. Like I've talked to so many podcasters that say at the end of their episode, they'll be like, and please leave a rating and review. It really helps in the algorithm. And I'm like, no, did you actually know they don't? <laughs> like you right. should <laughs> ask for them, but like they actually don't. And I don't want you to sound like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You know, but a lot of people hear what we just said and they're like, okay, then why does it matter? Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to share two reasons. Number one is, is the way that it looks. Mm-hmm. Now, what I mean by that is if I'm an advertiser, I'm a potential sponsor, 
I'm a potential listener. The only way I can gauge podcasts, unlike YouTube, because if you go over to YouTube, I can see your subscriber count. And I can see how many likes you're getting on a video. All right. I can see how many views it even has, right? Podcasting is so siloed, so private. A podcast can have millions of listeners. You can have no clue. Really, the only way to gauge it is maybe social following, and not all of them even have that. Like, there's some right. million person listenership podcasts that have no social media, mm-hmm. but you're going to go to Apple and see, okay, how many ratings or reviews they have. And again, somebody who is like a high profile guest, that's the first place they're going to go look a sponsor, an advertiser, even a listener is like, does anyone listen to this show other mm-hmm. than me? That's where they're going to go look. So, from that, again, it doesn't boost your algorithm ranking or anything like that. But what it does is show somebody, okay, there's actually somebody who's listening to this podcast aside from me. Maybe this is worthwhile. And I, I kind of hate that we we live in a world where your rating and review and stuff like that is tied to your level of excellence because I don't believe that at all. Like I think every podcast is worth a shot to listen to if it has no reviews or ratings, right? Like it's okay. We all started from that. But again, just the world has been conditioned this way. Thanks, Amazon, right? Like to look <laughs> yeah, at the seriously. ratings and reviews before you do anything, right? Mm-hmm. And, and same same with YouTube and stuff like that. So I think that's the first thing. And the next thing I'll share, and then we can kind of dive in to discuss it, is the actual effect it has on us as podcast hosts. Hmm. I don't know about you, but for me, when somebody leaves me a review on my podcast, I legitimately take it to heart. Like that means so much because I do know it takes a second to like actually go leave a review, especially when it was really thought out. I've had some I've wanted to print and put on my wall because I'm like, man, on a bad day, this, this, this is so freaking nice. And so for many of us, it's the motivation that keeps us podcasting. And a long time ago, this was going back a year and a half, I did a poll. And one of the main reasons people get out of podcasting, like, I just feel like I wasn't hearing anything from people, right? Go back to what we said earlier, like, get on a call with some of your listeners. But like, also, if you're getting a rating review, like, for some podcasters, that might be the very thing that keeps them going. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, like, that's another important element is that the motivation, the drive for doing it as a podcast host, whether it's conscious or subconscious, I know that it helps. Like, if I had 200 reviews on my show... I would think twice about stopping it if that thought crossed my mind. I'd be like, well, you know what? So many people have believed in this. Can I really stop it? Right? And that might be the motivation you need to continue to serve the world in a big way. So again, those are kind of my two main thoughts about it, Angie. And I'll turn it back over to you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Social proof, huge for new listeners, for sponsors, for, you know, if you're trying to get a network deal, trying to land your dream guests, like celebrities, industry leaders. And just like you said, the Instagram following doesn't it's not correlated pretty much like at all. There's people with zero Instagram following, like you said, that have millions of downloads. And then there's people that have millions of Instagram followers and nobody listens to their podcast. Like you re- that right. really is like not at all tied like Instagram and podcasts for the most part. And then, yeah, exactly. Like every time I get a review too, I screenshot it. I post it on my Instagram story. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. Like it really means so much to me. And then I will add one more thing is... If you think about like the people that are listening to your podcast at the beginning, it's like all your family and friends, they love you no matter what you're talking about. Of course. And if you can gather as many ratings and reviews on the front end as you possibly can, when your podcast eventually blows up, that's when the trolls come out. And they're going to be the first people to leave reviews because anybody with anything negative to say, they're going straight to the reviews. So True. if you yeah, can just get as many good reviews as possible, that's really going to set you up for not having just only negative reviews down the road. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is such a good point. You know what? That actually reminds me of some data that uh, Refonic, a company in podcasting that does like analytics and stuff like that, they shared about this. That It's an article that people can go search for, but they talk about how the average... Apple review is getting worse regarding the star rating mm-hmm. because you've got people coming in the industry that just, it, this sounds mean, but like it, it kind of like it's YouTube spilling over. Some people like literally just want to be mean. Like they don't have any objective other than being like, I'm going to leave this person a one star review and say like some jerk remark. Yes. You know, like I hate the way Alex sounds. You shouldn't have this loser on your podcast. Like I could see that being a review and at one star. And you're right. I didn't even think about that, Angie, but like that can cripple a podcast. Because if I'm listening to a podcast someone recommends, I'm like, wow, it has five one-star reviews. Is it really that good? That mm-hmm. is where my mind is going to go. Again, I am going to give it a shot. But in general, maybe everyone won't. Maybe some people will be like, this clearly is terrible because people are saying it's bad. Yes. It's, I'm glad you brought that up. That is such a powerful point. And I want to give Apple some credit too, because I one time, and I did a whole rant about this in another podcast episode, but I ran across uh, a really hateful review on this influencers podcast who like was working really hard on her show. You can tell really cared about it. And somebody just didn't like her and just said like the nastiest comment. And um, I mentioned it to a friend at Apple and he was like, oh my gosh, like we want to know about that kind of stuff. If there's any hate comments, like Apple really does care, I will say. And like they will um, remove it if it's something that, you know, obviously like a negative review is a negative review. They're not going to go like remove all of those. But if someone's like really bullying or like really has a hateful comment, like you should actually bring that up to Apple because they really do care. I found that as well, by the way, like Apple... And that's why I say like there's 2.6 million podcasts because Apple like the, what they let on Apple Podcasts as far as a podcast is concerned, as far as a comment is concerned, any of that stuff or a rating review, like that stuff is checked. And I really appreciate the fact that they have been devoted to making sure that the name podcasting stays really high quality. I'm right there with you. We have we both have I think we have a mutual friend at uh, at Apple who is just really just been really kind to us and to the industry. So I'm very thankful to like work alongside a company like Apple Podcasts. 
Yes, I agree so much. They really do care. And especially more recently, I've noticed they really are making, and it's largely led by our mutual friend. Like he yep. <laughs> personally really cares about creators and I just appreciate him so much, which means I appreciate Apple. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> but do you have any like system or any, um, like, do you go out of your way to leave ratings and reviews? I, I do. Uh, if one, if I'm a guest on a show, I'm, I'm going to leave a review on it. Good idea. And if I listen to a show that is in any way impactful or helpful, I, I leave a review as well. Now, I will say one caveat there. If the show is no longer active, I don't. So if I'm like sending a podcast which is four years old and they haven't produced an episode in four years, I don't leave a review anymore. I don't even know if anyone's checking it, right? So keep your show active. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, and we actually built straight into like Podmatch. Our, our, you mentioned the intro, but it connects guests and hosts for interviews. We actually ask the guest at the end to go leave the the host review. We send that we email them a link to it automatically and tell them, hey, here's where you, how we give them instructions. Here's exactly how you can do it. Leave them a review. You're on the show. It, just because that's again, that's what I do personally. And I just I believe in it. And I like to leave other podcast host reviews because I'm one myself and I love it when someone leaves me a review. Oh, me too. As soon as my like if I have a friend that launches a podcast, that's the first thing I do is I go leave a rating and a review. Uh, I love that. You're the best kind of person, Angie. Thank you. Thank you. And then I've also trained my mom to do that. I was like teaching my mom about like why it means so much to podcasters. And without like me even prompting her or anything, um, I had a client who launched a podcast. It's called Radiance Reclaimed by Andrea Walker. She's amazing. But she just launched her podcast that we've been working on together for like a year. And I really thought my mom would find her podcast interesting. So I was like, mom, you should go check out this podcast. Not even because she's a client, just because I, I really feel like you would like it. And I I noticed like a couple months later, I went to Andrea's feed just to kind of check up on what she's been doing and like how many episodes she has now. And I scrolled down to the ratings and reviews and my mom had left one and she didn't even tell me or anything. And I was like, Andrea, did you know this is my mom? And she was like, no, that's so nice. And like, it really made her day when she got that review. And my mom genuinely, yeah. We need an award for your mom podcasting mom of the year award. I think that she would get it. <laughs> Julie, Julie, you just won. You heard it from Alex. He is the master of that award. You won the award. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. I know. Well, before we talk about pod lottery, is there anything other than what you just said about what you do with pod match about sending, you know, the prompt to leave a rating and review? Anything else like organic that's worked for you to get ratings and reviews for your own podcast? I do think it's important to ask. So so ask people. Like for me, when I would do that call with somebody, going back to that, how we talked about at the beginning, right? Like the four questions. At the end of it, I'd just be like, hey, do you mind leaving a review on Apple? And I'd always send them instructions on how to do it. And there's a few guides out there. I mean, if you, I think one of my, mine might be one of the first ones that comes up. It's just like a simple like step-by-step type of thing. But just sending them that is helpful because a lot of people, they're like, oh, I don't know how to do it, which is mostly just an excuse, right? But if you send it to them, it's just pictures of like step one, two, three, four, five, and you're done. It's pretty easy. But that's another way to do it is when you're talking to those people, just be like, hey, would you mind? Because again, if you connect with them at that level, they're probably going to take the extra five minutes and do it. The other thing is you can ask in your show. Like, that's not a problem. I mean, I think it's important to have some sort of ask. I mean, don't be like, it boosts, boosts the algorithm, but say, hey, I'd love to read it in my next episode. If you leave a rating review, I'd love to, to share that with the community. I, I actually love hearing podcasts that have a rating review read about them. As long as it's not like a book, right? Like, right. I don't want 10 chapters. Like, but I would love like three or four sentences. I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's so nice. Somebody said that about the show. And so, so to me, those are a couple of things that you can do. Ask in the episode and ask people that you talk to that are listening to your podcast. 
Yes. And I'm really glad you brought up that most people, not most, but a lot of people don't know how to leave a rating and review. And it's so intuitive, especially if you're a Mac user, you open the Apple podcast app, you go to a podcast, you scroll down, hit five stars and click write review. Like it seems so simple, but so many people have no idea at all. Like I've created Instagram reels, like showing like the step-by-step process. And like, when you actually go and do that, you're like, wait, actually, this is really helpful because maybe if I had never opened the app before, like I wouldn't know either. Like whenever you first open an app, you don't know what to do. Like there's so many new apps out there. Like I barely even know how to use TikTok still. And I have a TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Like it is hard. So also, yeah, educate your audience. You can go find actually my reel and like share it to your story to educate your audience. And like, you don't have to do any work, but um, definitely just give your audience some grace because they don't sometimes know how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, and I would like that link myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that personally. I already thought about that. I'm like I'm I'm taking that from Angie. I'm gonna I'm gonna Perfect. go ahead and share that with everybody. So yes, that's a good idea. I think I need to refresh that reel because I'm pretty sure the reel I created was with my old cover art. So I should just make a new one. I need new content anyway. Might as well. There you go. <laughs> so what is the vision behind Pod Lottery? Like how did do, how does it work? What made you want to start it? Like just like what's like the overview of it? Sure. Uh, first off, little disclaimer here. This is my first time talking about it. No so, way! Yeah, Breaking yeah, news! Yeah. We talked about it in person when it was being built uh, yeah. in back in Dallas is where you and I were having a conversation hanging out. But I, I've not announced it anywhere. Like It will get announced. But anyway, so forgive me, listener, if <laughs> you're like, wow, this dude really doesn't know how to describe it. Dang, <laughs> this is my first attempt. Um, uh but yeah, so the, the vision behind this was just going back to the points I made and that Angie made. Like it's it's for it's for your listeners, for future partners, for guests to like understand, for for you to have that motivation, and three to make sure that if trolls come in, you're not looking like you're a bad podcaster when in reality you're probably a really good one, mm-hmm. right? Like it's to help solve that problem, and that was the initial reason because I was telling people I'm like, man, you gotta get more reviews on your podcast, and people kept on saying, well, easy for you to say, Alex, you've been doing it for years, and people like your podcast, and like I I was like, man. I get why you say that and I appreciate it and stuff. But like at the same time, like that doesn't help you. Like, how do we help you? And so I just thought about like, we need to build something that can help podcast hosts get more ratings and reviews, right? And now quick thing here, there are like, I don't even know what to call them. I think they call themselves podcast promoters and they reach out on social media saying, I'll get you more listens and more reviews and stuff. But like, yes. you want to know how to get kicked off of Apple? Use one of those because Apple can <laughs> tell where like what's happening. So you can get... 3,000 reviews overnight, but your podcast will be gone the next day, right? Or they'll just all disappear. So this is not that. This is an integrity-based review. Somebody who actually listened to the show, who actually likes it. Because again, that's what makes this whole thing work. But the the vision behind it, Angie, was just, can we help each other as podcast hosts? Because I'll tell you this, Pod Lottery is all podcast hosts. There's no just listener. You have to be a podcast host to be on it. Okay. And so how do we participate? Yeah, so it's only on iPhone right now. Okay. <laughs> so uh, podlottery.com, it's it's completely free. There will never be any charge in it. As a matter of fact, fun fact, because we use the word lottery, it's illegal for us to ever charge for anything in it. So, um, Oh, did you it, know that so, before or after you chose the name? After. Uh, it, well, technically, you know, no, matter, no matter what we named it, um, technically it works. It's a lottery. It works just like a lottery. So regardless of what we named it, it would be the same thing. Oh, gotcha. Thankfully, we never had... A desire to monetize it. It's literally a helpful tool for podcasters. And I'm a podcaster myself. So we we care about helping the community. But the first thing my lawyer said, he's like, you can never make money with this. I was like, wasn't planning on it, but why? You yeah. know, like explain that to me. But yeah, so basically what we built is it like literally you'll register as a podcast host and it'll immediately give you a ticket. 
and you can pick a number with that ticket and every night numbers are drawn. And if they match the number that you drew, you win ratings and reviews and listens from another podcaster. And the way you earn more tickets is you actually will rate and review another podcast. So the one that's in the app, you'll, you'll rate and review it. You'll listen to it, all that. And then every time you're doing that or inviting somebody, you're earning more tickets. And with those tickets, you turn them into numbers. Every night they're drawn. As a matter of fact, like we have 200 people on it right now. They're like finaling, like finalizing the beta and we're going to launch it to everybody. Uh, but one of them already, he, he won 63 reviews. Like wow. off, he, he guessed four numbers, right? Which I thought would be impossible, but somehow he guessed four numbers, right? Which is really cool. So he's like, dude, I'm having like reviews on my new show just pile in. So he's got this great reputation in podcasting now, like early on. Uh, it was really cool to see. And that that's the vision of it. Like we want it to be fun because you do have to listen to another show. So we want it to be, to feel fun. There's like a countdown on it saying like the next drawing happens in four hours, right? So you can like, and it counts down. The idea was just, can we have fun as podcasters? Can we discover each other's shows and even collaborate and leave each other great reviews? Like, can it be fun for all of us? And that's the whole vision behind it. And so far, it's been going amazing. People are loving it. They're learning. They're already collaborating off the app and stuff. I know I'm ranting here. Like I said, I don't really know how to describe it yet, but it's been so cool is all I can say. How do you get... Okay, so say I pick my numbers and I don't win. Like, How do you make sure those people go rate interview the podcast that did win? That's a good question. And you know, in my mind, I initially just thought like people still play the lottery even though they don't win, right? Like they'll keep on trying with the hope of you can win. Uh, in general, though, we built, I mean, this thing is built on AI. It's pretty intelligent. One of our goals is to make it easy to win, which sounds weird, but like no human touches it. It basically builds in a way that like a lot of people win. I mean, we have less than two, we have less than 200 people on it. And when I checked before this, there's been 363 reviews won. So pretty much everyone has won at least one or two along the way. So it's kind of like allowing people to like win somewhat easily. It's not going to be impossible win. So it's like some days there's only 10 numbers total to choose from. If you choose one of them, you have a one in 10 chance of winning. And the whole thing is an AI that's built and designed to help podcasters grow their their, their base and keep it fun. But yeah, there, there's technically like you could lose and be like, I'm out, forget this. That could technically happen. Obviously, I hope it doesn't. And so far, we've not seen anybody leave. So that's pretty cool. But, but yeah, that, I think we just kind of banked on the fact people like playing the lottery. So are you saying when the winner is chosen, say four things for your podcast is the winner. So yeah. then are you saying it like notifies everyone that played to go rate and review that podcast? Thank you. That, that's a good question. I see I see what you're saying now. I'm yeah. sorry if I didn't answer that right the first time. Yes, because again, basically, let's imagine you won 10 ratings and reviews. It is automatically going to send that to 10 people who, when they signed up, they kind of pick categories they're interested in. Like some people aren't interested in science, others aren't interested in comedy, right? So basically 10 podcast hosts said, I will listen to and rate podcasts in this category. If that matches them, 10 of them are going to see your podcast and they're going to go through and write and review to earn their next ticket while you're getting your, your winnings. Got basically. it. Okay. Awesome. Sorry. You're, you're, hey, you're helping me learn to describe this really <laughs> well. So thank you. This is a really good exercise for me. Sorry, your podcast had to be the spot for it, but uh, I'm a fan. I'm going to listen to this anyway. Four, four things for your podcast. Four things for Alex as well today. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that does help me to understand it. Cause I, I told you, I like, we've talked about it in person and I still like, for some reason, I just don't get it, but now I do. And that was like, I, that was the one missing piece in my mind. Okay, good. I, I need to articulate it better. And this is like going back to the reason you want to talk to your listeners, also talk to your clients, right? Yes. Or the people are going to use your stuff. I know I need to describe that better on the website. That means. So now that I know that 
That's good. Thank you. Yes. And your website is so pretty. Like it looks like it's easy to understand. It was just that one piece that I it didn't compute for me for some reason. <laughs> well, we're going to fix that. Make sure it competes for more people. Thank you. So, so happy. I'm definitely going to be participating now that I get it. Um, and we can promote it in the Facebook group too, because I'm always talking about ratings and reviews in there. And so I know you said it's uh, iPhone only or Mac iPhone only. Right now it's only on iPhone and we will ro- we will roll it out to next will be Mac OS is what I don't know what it's called. I, I was telling you before we got on that I did 26 years of PC and I just switched to Apple last week. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning so the name. I'm so happy for you, um, Alex. Thank you. But if you're on <laughs> Android or Windows, this is going to be a little bit longer. And we're working with Apple on figuring out how to do that. Because like if you have an Android, you don't have Apple podcast app. So we have to try to figure that out. So we're working through it. But right now, a lot of podcasters, specifically in the US, they use iPhones. So we should be pretty good for the mass majority of people right now. And it is an app. It's a web-based you app. You don't need to download anything. Nope, you, you can just go to a, a website. Yeah, we, we we might turn it to an app eventually, but and it, I didn't want to do that initially because anytime someone's like, Alex, download this app. I'm like, I don't want another app. Please, right. You know? you know, so I'm like, let's just start web-based and keep it really simple for now. And eventually if we if we hear from people, hey, I'd love for this to be an app, we'll probably roll it out to that. And then what happens is like, I save it like an app to my homepage anyway. Yep. So it might as yep. well have been an app, but it like right. makes me feel better in my brain that I didn't download another app. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, well, before we move on from Pod Lottery, is there anything you wanted to share about it that you didn't touch on yet? The only thing that I'll, I'll mention about it is again, like this is supposed to be fun for podcasters and we know that it really helps a lot. And and my recommendation to anyone listening to this, like give it a shot. Uh, I think that you'll really enjoy it. And again, it'll help you in your podcasting journey. And that's the whole idea about it. I'm an indie podcaster myself. And I just think that anything we can do like this to help build a community around it is gonna be powerful. So thanks for the platform for that, Angie. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Where can we find your podcast? Because I know for a fact, the person listening is going to find huge value in your podcast too. So tell us all the things. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my podcast can be found at podpros.com slash episodes, podpros.com slash episodes. That's where my entire podcast is at. It's it's laid out fairly pretty. So you can kind of find what you're looking for and stuff like that. And everything else I do just happens to be there as well. So you can kind of check it all out, podpros.com slash episodes. And what's the name of your podcast? Podcasting Made Simple. Okay. So you can just search that in Apple if you prefer to do yep. that or Spotify or whatever. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, really quick before we jump off, can you just give a a brief overview about Podmatch and Podcast SOP just for anyone who's not familiar with those two tools because I feel like they're incredibly useful, especially I use Podmatch for a client of mine and it's like helps so much with finding new shows. So, please tell us about those two things. Sure. I love that you use it and it helps. That means a lot to hear. Uh, Podmatch was a direct response to something we continuously heard podcasters say, which is I'm having trouble finding my next guest. And on the flip side, it was guessing I'm having trouble finding podcasts to be on. And so we created Podmatch, which literally, for lack of a better term, is a software that connects guests and hosts together automatically for interviews. It's literally just like a dating app, but instead of connecting people for dates, connects for podcast interviews. And that's Podmatch. You can message in the platform, you can schedule, you never have to leave if you don't want to. You can find your people. And then on the, the next thing that you mentioned was uh, podcast SOP. SOP stands for standard operating procedures. If you don't know project management software, the first thing new podcasters are told is go use Asana, go use Trello, go use this, go use that. And those are great recommendations if you know how to use them. If not, you're already overwhelmed as a podcaster. Now you're even more overwhelmed. So we designed just a simple project management tool specifically for helping podcast hosts release episodes on time and keep up with the workflow without all the stress and without having to always be last second with it. 
Oh, that's awesome. And what is one podcast in rotation for you right now that might help somebody else listening? So maybe like in the business space or in the podcasting space, something that you would recommend? I love this is a big show. So but I love the Jordan Harbinger show. Uh, I think that he just does an incredible, I think he's the best interviewer out there. I'm just going to flat out say it. And the reason it helps me as a podcaster is because it helps me understand how to be a better interviewer, how Mm -hmm. to inject the right amount of humor, how to be serious when it's time to do that. Like he's just someone who's really worked hard at that craft. So me as a podcaster helps me understand how to do that. So I enjoy listening, but also I enjoy learning to improve my craft based off of all the, the work he's putting in as well. So I think that's a good one for podcasts that are doing interviews to listen to. I'm glad you brought him up because everyone's always talking about Jordan Harbinger this and Jordan Harbinger that. And for some reason, I've just never listened to his podcast, (laughs) but I hear about him all the time. So that's a reminder. I need to add that to my list. I've enjoyed it. I can send you some episodes later. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Send me your favorite one. And okay, so we know where we can find your podcast. Are you active on any social media accounts that people can follow you on or interact with you on? Yeah, I'm I'm active on all all the major platforms, right? My my hub though, unfortunately, is Facebook. Uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, that's where I have the majority of my following. Uh, and then I also love LinkedIn, and you can find me either of those places. Uh, again, if you go to that that Pod Pros slash Episodes uh, site, you can you can find all my social links there as well. Okay, perfect. Well, again, Alex, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for being such. Uh, so good with your words because this is going to be the fastest episode ever for me to edit. Like I don't even need to change anything pretty much. So I really, truly from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you for that. <laughs> Andy, that um, means so much to hear. Like you <laughs> you are an expert at this. Like I was listening to you, uh, episode 58 that you did with Ina, just talking about like building a business with a small audience. It was so insightful. And like you, you are just a phenomenal host. So you saying that, like that literally just made my day. Thank you back at you. I appreciate you so much. Um, Well, Alex, have a great rest of your night. And we definitely are going to ask you to come back at some point. Oh, I'd love that. Thanks so much, Angie. I appreciate you having me. Dang, I got so much out of that conversation with Alex, and I really hope you did too. So here are my four things that I took away from this conversation that I want to make sure that you take home with you. First thing is the big daddy the 10-minute market research idea that Alex shared. I think that is absolutely brilliant. So to recap what he said that you should be asking your audience, number one, how did you find this podcast? Number two, what is your favorite part about the podcast? Number three, is there anything we can do to make this podcast better for future listeners? And then number four, what are you struggling with right now? And is there anything I can share on the podcast to help you with this? I am so obsessed with this idea, so much so that I just created a Google form to ask you these questions about four things for your podcast. So I'm going to link that form in the show notes. And if you could take three minutes to fill that out, it would really, really, really help me out immensely. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this podcast if you've been listening. And thank you so much for your time in advance of doing so. Second thing, Try out Pod Lottery. I'm trying it out as well. I just left my first rating and review on another podcast right after recording that episode with Alex, and it seems like it's going to be super fun and super valuable. So podlottery.com forward slash join forward slash Angie and take advantage of this opportunity that you now have to gather more ratings and reviews for your podcast. And the referral link that I just shared with you is linked in the show notes. So again, you have to be on an iPhone, but if you are, just click that link, go ahead and sign up. It takes two minutes and I really think it's going to be fun for all of us. Third thing, 
Again, a reminder about the Follow Friday thread in my Facebook group, Innovative Rising Podcasters. This Facebook group was created for one thing and one thing only, and that's to help you to grow your podcast. And now hopefully you have a little bit better of an understanding about why ratings and reviews are so, so, so important for you to do so. I can tell you that I work really hard to keep that Facebook group a positive and supportive place. And everyone who's active in that group is actually taking the time to leave really thoughtful reviews. They're really listening. They really do care about helping other people in the group to grow because they're working really hard to grow too. So get on my email list. If you're not already on there, you can just download any freebie that I have to get on my email list. And that way you'll get your reminder every Friday morning with a direct link to the thread in the group. It makes it so easy for you. If you're not sure what freebie to download to get on my email list, I recommend uh, I have a list of over 50 ways to get more podcast listeners. Of course, that's not going to apply to every podcast, but you can skim through the list and see if there's anything that you haven't thought of yet and try it out. So you can get that at startingapodcastiseasy.com forward slash get listeners. And I will, of course, link that for you in the show notes. And again, once you get on the mailing list, you'll get that reminder every Friday to go participate in the follow Friday thread in the Facebook group. And the fourth thing, try out Podmatch as well. We didn't get a chance to talk too, too much about Podmatch, but I do think it's a really useful tool if you're struggling to find guests for your podcast, or if you are struggling to find podcasts that you can go guest on. It does a really good job. I'm, I'm actually very impressed by the algorithm that they've created in Podmatch, where it actually sends you podcasts that kind of match the vibe that you're going for. And nine times out of 10, it's a podcast that I had never heard of before that I wouldn't have found just through searching in Apple Podcasts. So definitely a very useful tool. I have used it for clients in the past and I highly, highly recommend if you feel like that's something that could benefit you and your podcast or you and your business for guesting on other podcasts. So that's all I have for you today. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Alex. I hope you took a lot out of it and I will be back with another episode for you next Monday. In the spring of 2023, Four Things for Your Podcast was rebranded to the new title Podfluencer Society. As such, some information and links may have changed since recording this episode. Check the show notes for updates, and if you still can't find what you're looking for, just email podfluencersociety at gmail.com. Learn more and follow online at podfluencersociety.com. The views and opinions expressed in each episode are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect those of the podcast host and team or the owner of this intellectual property. This podcast is not an authority of legal advice and listeners are encouraged to seek professional counsel with regard to their brand, their business, and otherwise. We all hope you enjoy and find value in each episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 